0: In the name of our one holy and living God, amen. Amen. Please be seated. This past week, I returned from England, where I was helping lead our youth pilgrimage. We had a wonderful time. We visited London and Canterbury and York and other kind of small towns nearby, some of those places. It was a wonderful pilgrimage. What is a pilgrimage? Scholars who study the word, study pilgrimage, say that the word pilgrimage is really hard to define. So they'll have all kinds of different definitions that kind of cover different bits, but kind of every definition leaves something out. Um, They find this rather slippery term. Uh, But for today's purposes, let's define pilgrimage as a physical journey you take to a place with the goal, the intention, of some kind of spiritual deepening Growth in faith, encounter with the divine, seeking God. and so that's what we did. We were seeking God on this pilgrimage, trying to grow our faith. We were seeking God in churches. So we visited a lot of wonderful churches like Canterbury Cathedral and uh, Westminster Abbey and Yorkminster and Bolton Abbey and the uh, Church of St Mary and St. Ainsworth. Have you ever heard of St. Ainsworth? I had not either. It's a rather obscure saint but uh, We visited her church. We also were seeking God in nature, and so we had this wonderful time outdoors trying to listen for the heartbeat of Christ in creation. And we also were seeking God in each other, so we spent a lot of time in in intentional conversation trying to grow in faith, trying to see the presence of God with us in that moment. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. On the second day of our pilgrimage, second day of our, well, third day of our pilgrimage, second day in England, uh, it was Sunday, this was two Sundays ago. And we want to go to church. Sunday morning, we go have Eucharist. So we want to go to church. We didn't want to go to one of those kind of famous touristy kinds of churches. We'd already had Evensong at Westminster, it was wonderful. We knew we were going to have next Sunday at York Minster. We want just to go to a parish church. You know, with good, friendly people like St. Mary's, right? So we found a place. It's called St. James Piccadilly. And we went to church there. And as it happened, it was the Sunday closest to the Feast of St. James. So the Church of St. James was celebrating the Feast of St. James. Just like we, the Church of St. Mary's, is going to celebrate the Feast of St. Mary's next Sunday. The Sunday closest to Mary's Feast Day. So we did not expect this, but it was a wonderful treat because they had a very special lunch afterwards uh, that they invited us to, and it was delicious and good. But one of the things we learned during the service is that St. James is understood to be the patron saint of pilgrims. And so the whole service was kind of sprinkled in kind of images and language about pilgrimage which was just perfect for us pilgrims on our pilgrimage to go to St. James and hear all about pilgrimage. And this funny thing happened after that. St. James kept showing up every day. So the next day we were in Canterbury and we went to Evensong Canterbury Cathedral and who was in the gospel? St. James. The next day we were in some small town in southern England and we saw a sign, St. James Hospital that way. It was just little ways like that. He kept showing up to us. So our second to last full day in England, we were up in York, and it was late afternoon, uh, early evening, and we were at um, St. Mary's Abbey, the ruins of St. Mary's Abbey. And we had an hour or so to explore, to reflect, uh, to be quiet. And so I was exploring the ruins, and I kind of stumbled upon a church next door called St. Olaf's. A little surprising to find a St. Olaf's in England. So you think that more is Norway, but okay. So I went to St. Olaf's and the organist was practicing and, you know, it was beautiful uh, music. And I slipped into the side chapel to pray. And as I was praying, I looked up at the altar. And there behind the altar was this lovely stained glass window. And it had Jesus in the middle. And it had someone to the left and someone to the right. And I was like. Oh. That's Moses, because they have the tablets, right? You know it's Moses because of the tablets. So that must be Elijah. So this must be the Transfiguration. Well, if that's Transfiguration, then those three other people are Peter, John, and James, right? The Gospel reading we just heard, he'd shown up again. And as I was sitting there reflecting on this, I thought about James and pilgrimage, and the transfiguration and had this realization that the story of the transfiguration is a story of pilgrimage. Jesus took Peter, John, and James on a pilgrimage. It was a physical journey with this spiritual meaning, the spiritual goal, in which they encountered the holy, they encountered God up there on the mountain that Jesus took them to. And when they were up there, and when they had this kind of glorious moment in which they saw Jesus transfigured before them, bright shining light, their forebears in faith, a cloud, a voice, this is my beloved son. They had this wonderful mountaintop experience on top of the mountain there. They had their moment in which they were seeking God and they found God up there on this pilgrimage. And they did, I think, as the most human thing possible. They wanted to stay there. They wanted to bask in the glory of that light shining on them. They wanted to dwell in this moment in which everything seemed so clear and made sense to them. They wanted to stay in the holiness of the presence of God. And so they ask, "Can can we build three dwelling places for the three of you so you can just stay here and we can stay here and we can just enjoy this? But Jesus, Jesus won't let them. Jesus will not let them bask in that moment. Because the point of those mountaintop experiences, the point of the pilgrimage, is not to go find a new place to dwell. It is to go and then come home most of life is not lived in those mountaintop moments. Most of life is not lived in the glorious uh, pilgrimages in England, as much as I think it's wonderful. Life is lived in the valley. Life is lived here at home. We go on these pilgrimages not to find a new place, but to have an experience, an encounter, that then we bring back with us to nourish us while we are here. We go up the mountain so that we can find the light, so that we can shine that light in the valley as we keep walking forward in life, in faith. We go so that we can be nourished, so that when we're here, we can have the sustenance that we need. On pilgrimage, we try to attune our senses to recognize very intentionally, to try and recognize God's presence in that moment so that when we come back, hopefully our senses are a bit more attuned to recognize the ways that God is just as present here in our day-to-day life. We don't go into those moments so that we can stay there. We go to find something so we can come back and do the work that God has called us to do In this life and so my friends i encourage you to take some time this week to think about those moments you've had in your life in which you have a little bit more clearly seen the presence of god those holy moments perhaps they were when you were on a pilgrimage yourself perhaps they were on a trip that wasn't intended to be a pilgrimage but Maybe we could argue became one. Perhaps it was when you were just here at home. Maybe you didn't go anywhere, and yet you still found God. Try and take some time to think about those moments, not longing to go back there, not hoping and wishing you could always bask in such a moment, but to try and bring forward what it is that it is trying to bring forward for you. There's this little detail in the Gospel of find it interesting. It says that they didn't tell anybody about the experience. They kept it to themselves. I think that's because they had to process it for a really long time. Our epistle today comes from 2 Peter. At some point, Peter did finally share what happened up there on the mountain. But he needed a long time to think and reflect on it. And this was not the only mountaintop experience he had. Just a few weeks later, Jesus took him up another mountain, Peter, John, and James, the three of them, up the Mount of Olives. This time not to see glory in a transfiguration, but in order to see him suffer in the garden, to see his weeping, his tears, his agony. And I can only imagine that they probably took these two experiences on the mountains and spent the rest of their lives thinking about what God was trying to tell them in these two moments. I encourage you to think about all of those mountaintop or pilgrimage, holy, profound experiences you've had in your life. And think about what it is that God is trying to tell you, how God is trying to transform, maybe even transfigure you in your life. How it is that God is providing a light to shine on the path, no matter how dark or rocky it might be. Take the time to reflect on that, and then move forward in faith. Amen.